0: Nexus Church is all about cultivating an authentic Christian community where old and young alike journey with Jesus and are transformed by the Gospel. May we be challenged and inspired by the power of His Word. Hey, as we come to the Word, let's pray. Lord, I thank You for this community and this local expression of Your church that You have formed and that You are uniting together to be a witness in our everyday to You. I thank You for every individual that is different and yet part of the one body. I thank You that tonight as we sit around Your Word, Your Word would cause us to grow. Your Word would cause us to rise up. It would cause us as individuals, but united together to be a witness to You in our every day. So Lord, let Your Word do Your work. We are open and ready to receive and hear from You. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, grab a seat. Thank you, team. That's awesome. I love it. Very cool. Well, I love that we've been, and I've alluded to it a little bit in our prayer there, but I love that we've been in this series, One Another. Now, I just want to encourage you, as I'm sharing, you might hear some of what I say, but just keep attuned to what God is saying to you, by the way. I just feel like God's just encouraging people right now. Um, so we've been in this One Another series. We've been looking at this, and I love it because the reality is the two greatest commandments that Jesus told us about are what? Love the Lord your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and body, and love your neighbour as yourself, or as Scripture would say in other ways, love one another as you love yourself. And the reality is, is there's 59 one another commands, and we've been looking just at a few. But those 59 one another commands, where we're encouraged and we're told one another, one another, are actually all subsets of what it really means for the ultimate one another, which is love one another. That actually all of those 59, when we spoke of last week, forgive one another. It's, this, it's, it's a part of how we love one another. That, that when we, we honour the difference in each other as part of one body, unique and yet one, that that is learning and that is living the ultimate command of loving one another, loving our neighbour. That actually all of this comes under that. And I'm encouraged because It's challenged me, as I said earlier, and that is a good thing. And we've been sitting in this because this is ultimately what it is to be a witness of Him. Jesus said that by the way that you love one another, by the way you love one another, they will know that you are mine. And so all of this comes under that. And tonight I actually want to take us to Acts. And I actually want us to look at a guy in the book of Acts called Barnabas. Barnabas is this champion. I love Barnabas, but Barnabas was not known, just to lay a foundation here, Barnabas was not known as Barnabas. His name was Joseph. Any Josephs here? Uh, It's not a common name these days, is it? Joseph. I went to school with a few Josephs. This guy, Barnabas, was originally known as Joseph, and he was from Cyprus. But what we find out in Acts chapter 4 is that actually Barnabas is not known as Joseph anymore. The apostles have called him Barnabas. And it's because there's something about this guy that has caught them, about the way he does life, about the way that he gets around people that they couldn't keep him as a Joseph. They wanted him to be a Barnabas. They nicknamed him Barnabas and in fact it was so significant this factor this aspect about Barnabas that Luke in writing Acts actually puts in brackets what it means the name Barnabas because it was so significant. He said he said the apostles called him Barnabas because he is brackets the son of encouragement. The son of encouragement. I don't know if you realise, but in the one another's, there's at least five one another's that say this, encourage one another. In 1 Thessalonians 4.18, just so I can prove that I'm not lying to you, it says encourage each other. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage each other. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 again uses a synonym, build each other up. Hebrews 3.13 says, encourage one another, how often? Daily. It says in Hebrews 10, 24, another synonym, spur one another on to love and good deeds. In Hebrews 10, 25, encourage one another. And Pastor Andy took us to Ephesians 5, 29, and it uses this synonym, building others up again, when it says, do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Encourage one another. Barnabas was an encourager. Now, this is a nice feeling sermon, isn't it? You know, this is the kind of sermon where you could go, okay, this is cool, this is a bit of fluff sermon, okay, encourage each other, cool. But encouragement is more than platitudes. It's more than nice words. I would actually argue tonight that to what we are called into to encourage each other encourage one another is deeply spiritual and vitally important. Deeply spiritual and vitally important. We're going to go to a story of where Barnabas lives this out so we can learn from that. But before we get there, when we think of it being something that we're called into that is deeply spiritual and vitally important, we need to understand a bit more about what encouragement looks like or means. So on the surface, we can look at it and go, okay, it's nice words, it's platitudes, but I would suggest that's a bit like a balloon. It, it's a bit like putting hot air into a balloon. It sort of blows it up, it looks good, it puffs it up, but the littlest of bumps, the wrong angle, a prick, a, a, something that it goes on and just bang, it totally deflates, that ego deflates. That's what it is when we think on that surface level about, about um, platitudes and nice words. But actually what we're called into is so much deeper. A synonym that we read just there as we shaped this up is the words we use to build up. I would suggest that we are called, when we're called in to encourage each other, it's not to puff up like a balloon, but it's to build up like a building. That actually encouragement is helping each other stand tall, to become strong, to grow up in our faith, to be ones who what used to knock us in the, in the, when we were young, no longer affect us when the world is going crazy because we are built up. It also reminds me that encouragement is about keeping, is about helping each of us remain on the right foundation. A building needs a good foundation to build up. And we know in scriptures that the foundation we are to encourage each other to remain on is that of Jesus, our firm foundation. And so it becomes deeply spiritual and vitally important. When we think of the English word encourage, its root is N, so it's in, and then encouragement, it's pretty obvious, courage. It's to put courage into another. It's to give heart to someone around you. And the word that is used in scripture in the Greek that we read there in Thessalonians and in Hebrews is actually parakaleo. Para kale, parakaleo. Para means to come alongside, it means to, to not stay far from, but actually come alongside, shoulder to shoulder with another. And so it helps us understand that what we're called into when we're encouraging is to come alongside. It means that just with all of one another, you can't do this isolated. You can't do this from afar. You have to get into the mess of Christian community and community and get alongside and rub shoulders and go, "Okay, I'm coming alongside you. You need comfort. I'm coming alongside. You need courage put into you. I'm coming alongside. And kaleo, so that's to come alongside para, but then the second part of that is kaleo. It's to call. It's to come alongside and actually call into comfort. It's to come alongside and to call into your purpose. It's to come alongside and call into place of being courageous. It's to come alongside and to call each other up. When we start to think on that base level of what encouragement means, you start to see that it's so much more than that image of a balloon being bluffed up, but it's about actually coming alongside in a deeply spiritual and vitally important way. So with that, I want you to take a moment and pause and actually think about when you were meaningfully encouraged. Can you think of that moment Maybe it was someone who spoke a word of encouragement to you. Encouragement can be words. Maybe it was the simply someone's presence that came alongside you. Encouragement can be presence with someone. Maybe it was an action someone took and you were encouraged. It put courage into you. Just take 10 seconds, and think of that moment. What did it mean for you? What did it feel like to be encouraged? And hold that there. Because right now, we're going to go to Acts 11 and just let that sit with you. But in Acts 11, we're going to look at Barnabas, this son of encouragement, the one who was known for this. And we're going to see how he did this. And he does this by going to in, when he goes to a town called Antioch. So we're going to jump in. It's going to be on the screen. This is Acts 11, verse 19. The first few verses give us some context. We're doing okay? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right, verse 19. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only amongst Jews. So Stephen... The first of the martyrs, he was stoned while Paul or Saul at that time was overseeing it. At that moment when, when Stephen was stoned, what happened was the church scattered out beyond Jerusalem. Up until that time, Jerusalem was where, Christi- where people were, were turning to the Lord. But now the message is going out. And that's what we've read there. So people have gone to Cyprus, Cyrene and to Antioch. And some of them, however, men from Cyprus, Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus, the Lord's, and the Lord's hand was with them. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. And here we go. Here comes Barnabas. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. God had done, uh, uh, sorry, sent God, uh, Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad, and surprise, surprise, he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, Barnabas, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. What can we learn from this experience or this this um, story of Barnabas, this account of Barnabas. Firstly, we see that Barnabas, what had happened in Antioch was something the Jerusalem church had heard of. People were starting to turn. Men from Cyprus and Cyrene were preaching the gospel with the hand of the Lord on them and people were responding in faith. The Jerusalem church have heard of this and they've sent Barnabas. And what we see from Barnabas, the first time he gets there, we see that the first thing we hear is he arrives And he saw what the grace of God was doing. If I put it this way, encouragers first see, they observe. The first thing Barnabas does is he observed what God was doing. Encouragers see and look for what God is doing. They don't just rush in, it's not just looking on surface stuff but encourages that are, are, are stepping into the call God has placed on our lives to be encouragers that is deeply spiritual and vitally important. First, let's take a moment. God, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? It, what can I see of the grace of God right now at work in this situation? What can I see of the grace of God at work in that life, in that problem, in that workplace, in that sports team, in that moment with a friend, what can I see of God's grace at work here? I don't know if you realise, and I have to remind myself, because the way we talk about God with us is all right, but they're pieces of the puzzle. And sometimes we talk about, like, we had the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And so God dwells within us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so in one sense, where we go, God goes. But in another sense, wherever we go, God is already there at work. He's already there. No matter the situation, God is there. And so we are unique that we carry His presence, but we're not so unique that He needs us to carry Him somewhere. He's already at work. Our call as a disciple, a follower of Jesus, one who encourages one another, is to actually step into any situation and first have eyes that are learning to see God, God, What is the grace of God doing here? What are you doing? And to join with that encourages, see what God is doing. You know, you think when it says of Barnabas that he saw what the grace of God was doing, what was it he actually saw? Like he saw it. There's a sense we see with the eyes of our heart, but it also means he saw it. Tangible. What did he see? I'm interested about that. As I thought about it, and this is just, Joshua's hypothesis. But I reckon he saw what he was seeing in Jerusalem. I reckon he saw Acts 4, brothers and sisters united in love and mind. I reckon he saw in Acts 4, people being generous so that no one went with need. Even after where we finished reading in Acts 11, it actually says the church in Antioch heard of need in another church in another city, and they took an offering, gave it to Paul and Barnabas. It says they gave as they could. And Paul and Barnabas took that to meet the need of the church, brothers and sisters. Wherever God is encountered, generosity flows. I reckon he saw generosity happening. I reckon he saw healings. I reckon he saw the Spirit of God at work, people speaking in tongues, being filled with the Spirit. It's just my hypothesis. I reckon he saw God in the extraordinary and the ordinary. The grace of God at work in a kind word. You know, Antioch was the third largest city at that time behind Rome and Alexandria. It was known for its pursuit as a culture that pursued pleasure. Its God was the God of Daphne. And in fact, across the world at that time, the phrase, the morals of Daphne were used as euphemism for depravity. That was the context. I reckon when Barnabas showed up, and he saw the grace of God at work, he saw people who were living now because of the encounter with Jesus living different to their culture. I reckon he saw people who were were welcoming those who were not welcomed by their culture. I reckon he saw people who were loving people who were not in in that culture of their station. I reckon he saw people turning injustice upside down. The grace of God at work in the ordinary and the extraordinary, can I ask as people who are called to be encouragers to one another, do you see the grace of God at work in your life? Do you see and expect that God is already there at work in that relationship, in that workplace, in that sports team, in that uni subject? Do you expect to see that God's at work and maybe He is calling you as an encourager to not just see it, but this is the next thing we see Barnabas does, to see it and bring others into it, to see it and help others see it for themselves and step into the grace of God around them, to not just observe it. And it says that that Barnabas, when he saw the grace of God at work, that he had great joy and he encouraged them It's this picture, another um, uh, translation would say that he jumped in with joy and he got behind them. I love that. He jumps in. Hey, do you see what God's actually doing amongst us? Do you see what God's called you to? Do you see? I see gold in you. Do you see? I want to help you see and step into the grace of God in your life to be built up, to be courage put into you, to take heart to come alongside and be called up and into his purposes. Encourages, we see with Barnabas, pause, see what God is doing, expect God's graces at work, and then call others into it, to step into it and to rise. And we notice that in Scripture, whenever we're called to encourage one another, it's to a direction. It's not just random, but it's towards something. for Barnabas in this moment, the way it's described what he does for actually a whole year, he spends a year with them. But it's summarised in this, he encourages them to stay true to the Lord with all their heart. I think when we look at Scripture and it it tells us and directs us to encourage one another, if we're not sure what that is into, this is a good statement to have. Encourage one another to stay true, to lean in with all their heart to the Lord, to remain in Him, to stay on Him as our firm foundation, to be built up in Him. You know, it's interesting when we think of that. When we look at Scripture, the Thessalonians, where they also are encouraged to encourage one another, and, and in Hebrews we read earlier, and here in Acts, all of those people that were written to in that time, whether it be in the Thessalonians, the Hebrews, who the audience of the Hebrews, or in Acts, they were all experiencing persecution. They were all actually in a situation where they were tempted to shrink back from what they experienced and stepped into with Jesus. To actually consider going back to the old beliefs, the old ways that seem a little bit nicer right now than maybe the persecution, but they know it always left them empty. The Hebrews message in a summary is that actually, hey, you could go back, but remember Jesus is actually better. That in itself is is a form of encouragement, reminding ourselves of what we've stepped into. I can remember so many times in my life where, in my journey of faith and following Jesus, there's moments where you do have questions, and God is totally fine with that. And there's moments where your faith is just a little weaker for whatever reason. Because we're on this journey of going from glory to glory with Him, we're learning what it is to follow Him. And there has just been a friend or a pastor or someone in my life that has just, led by the Spirit, come alongside me, spoken a word of encouragement, put courage into me, helped me grow and build up, and say, nah, I'm going on. I'm going on. I'm stepping forward. I'm stepping forward. So many times. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that. Sometimes I've needed what Hebrews has described encouragement as. In Hebrews 10, it says, spur one." consider how you might spur one another on to love and good deeds. Notice again, there's a direction to the encouragement. But spur on. If I'm honest, sometimes I have needed that. To spur on is literally like, you think of spurs, it's cowboy boots. You know, Australians, we love our cowboy boots, don't we? No. It's spurs on cowboy boots. You're riding a horse, you need to spur it on, keep, come on, let's go. It's actually this positive irritation and challenge. Yeah. It's, it's a positive irritation challenge. Like, hey, come on, let's come on. Yeah. And I've needed that. It, it's like a coach with its team, with its players. You go, hey, you missed that, mate. We, you, I know you're better. You're better than this. You've got that in you. You can be a star. Keep going. It's like a coach. It's like a teammate and you're playing rugby and you miss a tackle, but your mate calls you out and says, hey, come on, let's unite. Let's come back together. You can do this. We've got the team here. Let's rise. It's that spurring on. There's times I've needed that. I needed someone else to be a Barnabas to me, to encourage me. to not let my faith go into atrophy, to not be complacent. But like we were saying tonight, hmm, to latch a hold of those words of the Psalmist. Man, my soul faints for the courts of the Lord. That is where true blessing, true happiness, true growth happens. That's where fulfillment comes. Oh, don't, don't sit back, Josh. Don't let your faith atrophize, if that's a word. Is that a word, medical people? sounds right. You know what I mean? Don't let it die. Because our faith is either going forward or going back. You're never neutral, right? I need people around me who encourage me to keep going. Come on, there's more. Encourage me in hope. Encourage me in inexpressible joy. Encourage me that despite my circumstances, God is faithful and He is with us. Let's do this together. Let's unite shoulder to shoulder. I think there's more to encouraging each other than just surface platitudes. It's deeply spiritual. It's vitally important. And the last thing that is noted of Barnabas, he, he, he observes, he sees what God is doing. He brings others into it and he, he points them, hey, let's keep going. There's something great happening here. Let's keep going. Stay true with all your heart to Jesus. But then there's a description. It's like Luke, writing Acts, he gives us what Barnabas does, but then he describes how he does it. And he says, Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and many turned to the Lord. Yeah. You know, when we think of the one another's, it's so easy to go, "Ah, oh, okay, I've got to do this now, I've got to do this, and I've got to do this. But here's the key that Luke gives us. Barnabas was an encourager because he was full of the Holy Spirit and faith. That actually the source of encouragement is not ourselves, is not us, it's actually the Holy Spirit. And I find it fascinating when we think of encouragement as parakaleo the, in the original Greek. The Holy Spirit is known as paraclete. He is the one who comes alongside and comforts and encourages He is the ultimate source, one of our encouragement. We don't rely on each other, but we need each other because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And we actually called as a body, as Cam preached, united together to come alongside and be the extension of the Holy Spirit. That maybe the Holy Spirit wants to use you and me every day to be the one through whom He encourages others. He was full of the Holy Spirit. And of faith. You know, when we think about seeing what God is doing, I can't help when I hear that He's full of faith to think of Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is a confidence in what we don't see and being sure of what we hope for. No wonder He was an encourager. He was willing to, to allow His faith in the Holy Spirit to let Him see what is happening and then jump in. But He still had to make a choice. It's not like the Holy Spirit then just overtook his body and his mouth. And it's the same for us. We have to make a choice. But the core of that, the source of that, is the Holy Spirit and faith combined. And so in one sense, tonight is a really simple word, I'm going to invite the team up. But in another sense, this is a vitally important, deeply spiritual act that we're called into. I need Barnabases in my life, and I want to be a Barnabas to others. You know, when I think of Jesus, he's not just our example as we heard this morning, but I think of how he lived. He was the ultimate encourager. He championed people. He saw what Father God had for him to do and was doing in lives. He called people in to what God was doing and he'd call them up. he say, come on, there's more. And I can't help think of that moment when Peter and Jesus had another chat. And Jesus says to him, you're no longer Simon, which was his original name, which means a reed blown and easily snapped. You are now Peter the rock. Jesus saw what Peter didn't see yet. And he called him into it and to rise to a new level in God. If nothing else, just put your imagination to that moment. That encapsulates God's heart for you and I. That encapsulates that call for us to be ones who the Holy Spirit would use to do that for others. Again, I want you to go back to that moment you thought of where you experienced encouragement, be it in word, deed or presence. I want you to actually just close your eyes and just put yourself in that moment. What did it feel like? Where was God in that moment? It can seem totally ordinary and sometimes extraordinary, but God is always there. What would it take for you, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to say, what I received in that moment, I want to give this week to others? full of the Holy Spirit and faith. This week, expectant to see God at work in places you hadn't noticed yet, but that His grace is already working. And to call it out, to call people into it and to rise to a new level. Maybe this week you're going to come across, for some you're going to come across people who are discouraged in their faith, You were called in that moment as a brother and sister to encourage them, to put courage into them. But it's not in your own strength. Be open to how the Holy Spirit would lead you. Maybe it's in presence. Maybe it's in action. Maybe it's in word. Don't shy away. Maybe you come across situations and you see that actually what that situation needs is encouragement. Don't shy back. Step in. Just sit in that. What would it take for you this week to take that step? We hope this message encouraged or perhaps even challenged you in your Christian faith. Our pastors meet regularly with people to pray and support them and we extend this invitation to you. Please let us know if we can contact you to offer support. Simply call the office or visit nexuschurch.com.au